Hello, it's great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. We've got jo Joe Kaleo, the lead over at the Kaleo Wealth Management Group at UBS, joining me momentarily. But look, first, we want to thank you for finding your way back to the show. As you know, each episode, Joe and I, we unpack all that there is to within a unique financially related topic. Joe and I have covered the stress testing process, the human element, and how it pertains to wealth management as a whole. And But today, Today, we've got a really interesting one. It's a little different, uh, but I, I love today's topic. Today's topic, want to win in negotiations? Well, these are three tools that you're going to need. You know, we're going to tap into Joe's experiences in just dealing with negotiations overall, personally, professionally, and seeing these three tools from a different lens, a wealth management related lens. So with that, let's go ahead and bring Joe aboard to get today's conversation rolling. Joe, good to see you. How are you doing today? Doing great, Ryan. How you doing? Great to see you, man. I'm doing well. Can't complain. Hey, look, I'm really excited for this episode because it's a little bit of a different flavor, uh, but it's it's a fun topic nevertheless because, as we all know, negotiations are just those things that happen in life personally, professionally. So the topic of the day, how to be a savvy negotiator, basically, which is obviously a skill that comes in handy both personally and professionally. Now, highly successfully made multimillionaires, if you will, or high caliber professionals, they're all successful negotiators, no doubt about it. They've had to do it time in and time again. So today we're going to explore what the, those tools look like for successful negotiations. But let's start, you know, high level here. When you are going through your dealings in wealth management, Joe, as a whole, are there anything that you have discovered by the way of habits, you know, just the pure habits of those really effective negotiators that you know? Yeah, I, I think, Ryan, that the thing I've seen the most are business owners who've had to have a negotiation somewhere along the way, sometimes several times a day with different vendors that they have to work with, sometimes they have to work for, sometimes those vendors work for them. And so business owners are often in some sort of negotiation somewhere along the way in their everyday course of life. And there are three general components that go into negotiations, right? It's having a particular mindset, it's having a solid understanding of the issues, and it's really understanding people. I think all three of those items in particular are a big part of negotiations. So I'd love to to hit each one of those three items that you just listed for us, the first being mindset. So what's really the foundation here and the smart approach uh, to negotiating, you know, by way of mindset? Yeah, mindset is often the key as to how and when you will be successful in negotiating, right? And understanding and having an idea of where you want to go and how you want to get there. That's the first part of negotiating, right? Getting your mind set straight in where you want to go. What's the end result that you want to accomplish, right? And break that down for a second. It's not only your needs, it's also your wants. But start with your needs first. What are those basic components that you need to satisfy for this to be successful for you? And then on top of that could be the extra. That could be the wants, right? What's that next level that would really be special or important, but maybe not absolutely necessary? So there are two components, needs and wants, if you break it down. Now, ultimately, if you get everything you need and want, you can feel good about it. But you also want to try and help and make sure that the people on the other side, your counterparties, feel good about that negotiation as well, that that's something that they like, that they felt good about in that process. And then, of course, 
if they got something that they like, hopefully you've got the classic win-win scenario. So both sides feel good and win in that process. So Joe, you mentioned the win-win, which is where I was going next, because obviously that's the, the most desirable part of a negotiation, but is it always possible? You know, is, is a win-win always going to be, uh, on the table, you know, right, you know, right for the picking. Yeah. Not always, Ryan. I mean, realistically, not always will it be a win-win, not always will it be a successful negotiation from somebody getting what they want or even need. Right. I mean, ultimately, the goal is to give you and your counterparty as much as you both want, right? For both sides to win, at least at something. But it's also better to walk away from a negotiation than to settle for a bad deal. So no deal sometimes is better than a bad deal. So you have to, again, go back to the, what is it that I need? What is it that I want? And what am I willing to settle for in that? I love that, Joe. You know, you don't want to end up taking a bad deal and then, you know, you walk away, maybe you sleep on that decision. You wake up the next morning, you're thinking, wait, I was, I would have been better off if I never even went this route. So I love that you brought that up because that is a very important point to know, you know, to, to hit on in terms of negotiations as a whole. Now, Joe, when you were listing out three different, you know, key tools really to be a better negotiator, the second of which was having a deep understanding of the, of the content and the subject matter that's going to be on the table that day. Could you dive into this a little bit more for us as the second tool that you have? Yeah. So, yep. You Let's go into the issues then, right? What are the issues that you have to tackle? So it's a deep understanding of the technical issues, a deep understanding of any financial issues that are going on and the structure of the deal. So the issues then are oftentimes the meat and the potatoes of that negotiation, but you have to understand what is it that you're negotiating for? What is it that you're negotiating to give up? And so understanding the technical components and the issues that matter most. So that's very important. And now the third and final one, and this might be my favorite of the three tools, is people smarts. You mentioned that to us earlier. What exactly are we talking about here? Because I'm sure there's a lot to unpack within just overall people smarts. Yeah, so you've got to understand yourself. You've got to understand the counterparties and understand where you can meet in the middle ultimately. So let's start even with yourself. You do have to understand yourself. You do have to sit down and know what are your strengths, potentially what are your hot button or negative or emotional items to possibly steer away or something you might really need to want or get. And so how are you going to manage yourself in that process? Second, I mean, you do want to understand your counterparty, right? This isn't war. This is a negotiation. This is a discussion. This is a time to listen and to understand. And so profiling somebody at a deeper level to understand what their needs and what their wants are become very important. And then finding that common ground, finding the common ground from your side and their side. And if you can begin there, you begin towards a win-win if indeed that is capable. You're right, Joe. Understanding those across from the table is a really big part of this. You know, obviously they're 50% of the equation and it's going to take, you know, effort from both sides to get to that win-win negotiation. So what can we do, uh, you know, to better size up the, you know, our, the people across the table to better understand their goals, their aspirations in this yeah, so it's a continuation of people smarts, Ryan. You really do want to listen to the other side at their core and understand what's really important to them, 
right? I'll give you an example. I have a business owner client who was thinking about selling his business. And he went through a big process of having his business first evaluated and then at some point taken the market to be sold. And he narrowed it down to two buyers. And when he did, he was actually leaning towards the bid that was less than half the higher bid. And I asked him hmm. why. And he said, because I know that the people that would buy at this price, this lower price, will make sure that the business continues on, that one, I think will be successful, and two, take care of my people. And he said, I said, you could take it at the higher price and bonus out those people and take care of them that the lower company may not do. He says, no, but I know this lower price company will take care of them in ways that I can't do after this sale closes. Whereas the higher priced, I can't guarantee that. And so he cared for his people so much. That's what, by listening, you heard what really mattered to him. Mm -hmm. And that's so important in a negotiation. And I know, and eventually he didn't take either of those deals, by the way, but I know in that case that if either of those buyers listened to the business owner at his core values, that was a need for him. That was a need for him, for who he is as a man, that they would have structured a deal more along the lines of what he wanted. Mm. So that's why it's so important to listen to people to understand what's important to them. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's structure. Roughly 80% of all businesses that sell, Ryan, don't close because it's some component of the deal that's non-financial. So if it's 80% that are non-financial, something's being missed. Something's not being heard, something's not being communicated, something's not being absorbed to the business owner to make sure it carries on in a manner or method that they want or need. So that's why it's so important for people smarts because technical issues are important, but the people smarts is what gets missed. Oh man, I, I love that, Joe. There's so much that goes into a negotiation, but I, I think one of the biggest takeaways from the conversation today in looking at these three tools, again, those tools being you know, your knowledge of the subject material, your mindset going into it, and then of course, people smarts. But in that realm of people smarts, just the pure ability to listen, just open your ears, listen, and understand what those across the table need. Other Then, then you can think about how can I fulfill that need while also getting the desire that I want. Because if you can do both, that is what we call a win-win. So ultimately, Joe, I think that might be one of the bigger takeaways is when you're looking at your counterparties, when you're thinking about, you know, you're right, it's not war. We're not going into this for battle. But if you listen, you take a moment, you can find a way that is able to be beneficial, you know, for everybody on either side of the table. And I think it might be safe for me to say this, but that same strategy could probably be applied to personal negotiations as well, I would imagine, Joe. Very much so, Ryan. You're, you're right. It's not war, right? And so to go back to that business owner, either of those businesses could afford what he wanted to do. They just needed to restructure some things along the lines of what he wanted. Mm -hmm. So it's not war. It doesn't mean I win, you lose, or they win, I lose. It's not. It's understanding the people at their core level so you can get a win-win. And I think in both of those cases, a win-win is very capable, 
right? So that's where you just have to understand the counterparty and listen to structure the deal based upon what everyone is capable of giving. And it can happen. It does happen a lot. Sure. Uh, Joe, we've thrown a lot at our audience today, some strategies, some tools. Let's sum it all up for them. Let's bottom line the, you know, the tools for negotiation. How can we then look at these three tools and put them together and use them effectively? Yeah, I think certainly it starts with understanding people, understanding who you are, understanding the other folks on the other side of the table at their deepest values, right? Understanding their needs and their wants and their goals today and possibly in the future, right? Understanding the technical issues that go around the deal, certainly that's very important. Within that, it's the financial, it's the structure, it's the transition. How does all of that go on? The legal aspect of all. But then understanding people, understanding what it is that you want to accomplish, what you need to accomplish, what you have to have, what you want to have. And the more often you can go in with the proper mindset for both at that moment and throughout the transaction becomes very important to give you what you want. And if you don't practice, take time to practice and you will get better at this as time goes on. I got one more follow-up question for you because I love the idea of practicing. I mean, that's something I feel like most of us maybe don't think to do when it comes to negotiations. How does one, how would you say you go about practicing negotiating? Well, I think certainly search out opportunities to find ways that before you go into something that's very important, role play, find someone that is in a position that maybe you're not going to get hired by this person, but you want to get hired by that person. Go seek out opportunities to have a negotiation. What are the points that I need to hit on that become my strengths? What do I want to avoid for weakness? Understanding where I could be vulnerable, but still hammer that home to what you bring to the table that are strengths that that other person wants. And so that goes back to people smarts, understanding what they want, what, how have they structured deals in the past. And once they structured that deal, know that that's what they're looking for in the future. All right. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. And, and we're, uh, hey, we're always looking forward to the next one. Great to see you, Ryan. Thanks. Of course. And hey, look, we want to thank you, our audience, for joining us for yet another episode. If Again, if you like what you saw, you like what you heard today, feel free to comment, subscribe, share this information with friends and family. We have we cover some great topics on this show. We'd always hate for anybody to miss out on any beneficial information and, you know, tapping into Joe's industry experience. So for Joe Kaleo, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long. And we thank you so much for joining us today on another edition of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. 
Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.